I'm gonna deal with this lady for four tickets to Ahern's VIP party. I don't know what her deal is, man. She's just like a couple sandwiches short of a picnic, you know, like a little bit pathetic in a like a cute way. So, dude, please, please, please call me back, bro. I need you. I need my wingman at this party. Hit me back, bro. And now for something completely different. I'm pathetic. Dude. I have come here to chew bubblegum and wax off. Happy New Year, Eve, everybody. Uh, welcome to another episode of The Real Boys. Uh, I, I made, I'm not going to lie to you guys. I made a mistake last week. If you listened to our last episode, uh, I try to be funny. My birthday's on New Year's Eve, and I am a mega fan of watching very, very bad movies and just trying to see how long I can last in those movies. Uh, I didn't know what this movie was. I just saw that it was called uh, New Year's Eve. Uh, I <laughs> I did know that it stars people such as uh, Holly Berry, Jessica Biel, John Bon Jovi, Abigail Breslin, uh, Chris Ludacris Bridges, <laughs> Robert De Niro, Josh Dumal, uh, Zach Efron, Hector Alonso, uh, Catherine Heigl, Ashton Kutcher, Seth Meyers, Leah Michelle, Jessica, uh, Sarah Jessica Parker, Je- uh, Sarah Paulson, Michelle Pfeiffer, Till Swiger, don't know who that is, uh, Jake Austin, Hilary Swank, and Sophia Varga. Vagara, Varaga, Vagara. Yeah, that's stupid. Um, and I was like, how can they possibly have this many people that I know their face and I don't hate all of them? Um, I was wrong, guys. Uh, okay, so if you don't know, we're talking about the movie <laughs> New Year's Eve that came out in 2011. Uh, it turns out it's actually a sequel to a movie that came out the year before called Valentine's Day. And doing my research, I watched that movie. Uh, doesn't matter. Uh, that movie has a couple of the same people in it really holds no weight whatsoever to this as a, as a sequel but this just goes along the lives of uh i guess roughly eight random storylines that most of which don't like each other but to the individual they're very important uh and then most of them just kind of drop off it leaves like three hanging out for a while not the best three uh but just three left and then at some point you're like why is this even going on Yep, I'm talking about the real boys. Uh, and in that show, what we do is we talk about uh, random people's favorite movies. And then sometimes I pick some weird junk. Uh, and this is the weird junk that I want to do on my birthday. So thank you very much if you're watching this on New Year's Eve. Uh, I hope that you get drunk enough to uh, continue to want to hang out with your friends and not sit in a hot shower with no lights on except a black candle uh, because of how much you hate Ashton Kutcher and the cast of Glee for some reason. Uh, but with me, uh, unfortunately, for my birthday, which is the fortunate part, uh, we have uh, my friend from Ohio who can't speak Spanish, Mr. Dylan Terry. How are you, sir? That's the only line from this movie that elicited a positive response for me. <laughs> and by positive, I mean relative to my other responses. Well, I guess you didn't stay through the... Uh, oh, I stayed through the post-credits. So you got all the hilarity. The hilarious is. bloopers. Yeah, think about this. What if somebody walks into a room and then giggles a little bit and has to go back outside the room? That's what you missed if you didn't see the credits. Uh, also, <laughs> with me as always, and usually my response when I see him, 
Why? Mr. Michael Colby, how are you, sir? I, I, I was better. Um, I, I, I've been on vacation this week. Um, mm-hmm. I've been having a good time uh, writing podcasts and playing video games. And then I watched this movie, and now I'm doing terrible. Uh, because this movie is really, like, really, 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 really bad. I normally enjoy something that has less than 10% on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, oh, yeah. I was a fan of something. And I'm not going to lie to you. The terrible, terrible acting from about five extras in the first 10 minutes of this movie had me sort of like, all right, maybe this will be bad enough that it'll be enjoyable. And then the movie actually started going. And then we have a bunch of there's two fucking Oscar winners in this movie and they're not doing anything. (laughs) No, it's it's weird how this felt like somebody on YouTube compiled every Hallmark commercial and then put it together and then randomly just started playing them over and over again in different sequences. Uh, I do want to play a quick game with you guys. We are fans of improv here. Uh, Now I I would like to go around the Robin and see how many plot lines we can continually name until we run out. Uh, And I I will not go first. So I'll let Dylan go first because I think that he cares about one of these plot lines. pregnancy bounty yeah so obviously there is a plot line where uh jessica beale and uh uh, sarah paulson uh they are doing random things to their body to hurry up and shoot out a baby so that they can possibly win twenty five thousand dollars. so they have the first what a weird thing to do like torturing a fetus just to get possibly $25,000. Also, Seth Meyers and uh, 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 Stieglitz. Hugo Stieglitz. Uh, Seth Meyers is awful in this. Yeah, he's really bad. He's really bad. This this plot line was the only one that I had like a bit for because Hmm. I thought that this was um, Jennifer Connelly. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) It was Jessica Biel. And I'm like, well, now my whole thing doesn't make any sense. What was your what was your bit? Oh yeah, my bit was that the only thing that was gonna save the movie was if Jennifer Connelly and this other lady, um, when they had their babies, they were on the operating table, ass to ass. <laughs> oh, uh, the bit still works. Honestly, I don't think it I, matters I mean, that it's Jennifer it, it Connelly. Matters, or not. But, uh, but unless it, you're making like a labyrinth reference, I think anything would work in this thing. I mean, I mean Jennifer Connelly and Jessica Biel sort of interchangeable. Yeah, really weird. Uh, uh, well, neither yeah. of them are bad. I'm not saying either of them's bad. It's just, yeah, they're they're like one of those pairs that's basically the same person. Yeah, I agree. I think outside of the Blade movie, if you uh, interchange those two movies with either of the two actors, I think it'd be about the same. Uh, okay, I yeah. Thought, so I y- thought your yeah. bit was going to be birthing back and forth forever, like in um, <laughs> me and you and all the people we know, or whatever the oh. movie's called. God. <laughs> You got them back to back on the table, and I don't know. No, that, yeah, that's fine. I was really hoping there wouldn't be like, uh, like, like one of those weird like tapes, uh, and then they have to like push the baby out super hard and see which baby uh, hits the tape first. Uh, there's like a photo finish, and it's like, oh, too bad, you're, too bad, oh, you're all it's a velcro wall. With, yeah, and then like one of them's a velcro was a little bit too short, and that's why they lost them. Eighteen thousand dollars, whatever. That's stupid. Uh, okay, that Michael, really Michael stupid. Colby. How about another? Yeah. Plot, how about another plot line? Um. 
John Bon Jovi and um, his generic blonde white girlfriend number seven thousand four hundred ninety three in Hollywood. Yeah. Um, broke up a year ago on mm-hmm. New Year's Eve. Something happens. They kiss. And then John Bon Jovi cancels his tour to mm. be with her, and then they're back together. Yeah, I mean, look, she works at the Grammys, dude. You think she could just drop that to go on tour with a mega celebrity? Also, Katherine Heigl, I think that one of her main requirements in the middle, like, 2010s was to just slap a white man. I think that if, if that was in the script, she's like, all right, I'll do it. Seth Rogen? Okay, cool, I'll do it. Uh, 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 who, who did she slap in this one? Uh, bon, bon Jovi. Bon Jovi. Bon Jovi. Okay. Uh, I had to hear Bon Jovi sing twice in this movie. But he also did a duet with a girl that was stuck in an elevator. So that sure wasn't did. so bad. Yeah, the what's-her-face from Glee. Now, could you imagine only hearing her side of that song where she takes full <laughs> minute-and-a-half breaks waiting for someone else to sing? And Ashley Cook is like, I'll draw you another robot. <laughs> I assumed that they were like in a building directly next to the performance because it nope. looked like they, the way they shot it and cut it, it looked like Bon Jovi and her were looking at each other through the window or Catherine Heigl. Yeah. It doesn't matter. They're uh, all awful. Yeah. Catherine Heigl, very bad. Apparently he proposed to her and she accepted. And then he tried to talk to her like a good relationship should, which is like, maybe this isn't the best. What can we work on? And she's like, fuck you. I'm out. Uh, so yeah, that's another uh, b- plot line that just ended. I guess uh, they kiss at the end, so that's good. Uh, uh, Catherine Heigl got her way, so she'll make it into another movie. Uh, yeah, the plot line that I was going to bring up, which I obviously already brought up earlier, was Ashton Kutcher and uh, the the main person from Glee being stuck in an elevator. Uh, so the girl from Glee is a backup singer for John Bon Jovi, and she's got to get there before someone else backs him up, or he doesn't back up. Or they don't go on stage. I forget why she's in such a hurry. There, there the were big also show. there were also two other backup singers, right? Um, when she was there. So, also, could you imagine any performer at any time being like, "Hey guys, I'm really sorry, my one backup singer is not here, so uh, John Bon Jovi is not going to go on uh, until my backup singer shows up." Yeah, they uh, have they, they have like even... seven backstage just waiting to be the third backup singer. Yeah, and also like. He didn't even go on, so who cares? Uh, and Ashton Kutcher, who apparently was so pissed off at New Year's Eve that he decided to undecorate his unfinished apartment that he decorated early. I, okay, I, I thought cannot... he lived in a warehouse. <laughs> I straight up I... thought he was walking on like a fa- like an abandoned factory catwalk. Yeah, I could, that not, is... I could not understand what's going on there because there's like those patches on the walls. Like it's clearly an unfinished. Like maybe they're doing renovations, and then maybe the point is to have a New Year's Eve party in the middle of renovations. That's that is a joke on shitty New York apartments. I think yeah, it was that supposed place, to be comedic. The place is um, stereotype artist loft. Yeah, you know, in the big city, I have you know, way too big of a place. Even though my talent isn't that good, uh, pretty much same thing as like uh, oh, I, I, actually, I Carly's brother. One of the things that I did enjoy about this movie was those paintings that were hanging up around they weren't like 
fantastic, but they were whimsical and I didn't mind looking at them, unlike yeah. most of the other <laughs> things that are in this movie. I agree. Most things in this movie are product placements. Uh, you can see that this is kind of like the emoji movie for every company ever. Uh, it's like Samsung, Toshiba, uh, every big company. And then at times every- they get... If they get bored, it's like, let's just look at Times Square so you can see 50 advertisements at once. And, and then you can see the giant poster for Robert Downey Jr. Sherlock Holmes for like 45 seconds. Hell yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. That was great. Uh, all right, Dylan, your turn. What's the next plot line that you thought was intriguing? Uh, Josh Duhamel? Duhamel? Yeah. Duhamel. Uh. Mm-hmm. That's how Josh you pronounce from it. Transformers 1 yep. and 4 and 5 uh, is hunting down a woman who he failed to murder last year. And he gets on an RV with a, with a horny grandpa and a woman with a very small face. Yeah, so and I don't he falls under- asleep in a pile of children. Yeah, I don't understand why Lisa Simpson picked him up. I do not <laughs> understand why they have so many children. I like that the one kid when he's like, pizza, and the kid's like, Fuck yeah. Yeah. Pizza. <laughs> yeah, the fat kid loves pizza. Sweet. This uh, is Josh DeHomel's um whole storyline yeah. was written in like 1998. Because yeah, the- everything that happened was straight out of a late 90s movie, like the the GPS not understanding oh what God. he was saying. Make a right to, left right here. Oh. Right left, and then he crashes his car. And then he has to get into an RV with it. It's all from like a shitty 90s, yeah. like John Candy comedy and if that you John said- Candy would have turned down and <laughs> yeah. would have starred fucking Jim Belushi. Josh Duhamel. Yeah. Uh, so now if you were to see somebody in a tuxedo, what would be the first thing you think they're doing? Trying... I mean, on hunting down a woman he failed to murder one year on previous. New Year's Eve. Yeah, yeah. We gotta, probably, we gotta hang out in person more often, though. You're really. Going I, I would. I would think that he's going to like some sort of big casino. Yeah, or like um, a wedding to play, to play like a, a game of chance against some sort of supervillain who's trying to take over the world who has some sort of deformity. Um, that's what I would think of if I saw Josh DeHommel wearing <laughs> a tuxedo um, trying to get to New York City. Yeah, I agree. But they think that he's like a spy. They think that he's a James Bond. And his whole thing was that he got a note from a woman a year ago to meet her somewhere in a year if he wants to hang out. And I think that he felt that he was supposed to write a speech. So they're making fun of him for not writing a speech. And I'm like, if okay, so if if, uh, if I were to give somebody a note, be like, yo, meet me here one year if you want to bang in this Circle K like, uh, uh, restroom. And then they get there. I'm like, "What? No speech? You didn't? You didn't prepare a speech? You had a school? year. You had one full year. You got a tuxedo for this." Um, so yeah, I didn't understand the the dynamic of that family. I don't know why that really weird raunchy grandfather. Uh, also, I do like the the mechanic guy. Um, I know that he's a real piece of shit in most movies, uh, mm-hmm. but he's like, "Oh, the closest mechanic is ten miles from here." You didn't let me finish, but he's, <laughs> but he's closed. I did like when he said that he didn't Everybody's check closed. hair. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> he's like, why are you bringing me here? He's like, you didn't let me finish. They're going to give you a ride. Like, All right, whatever. Uh, yeah. His yeah. whole thing was 
Larry yeah. Miller was that guy. <laughs> That's it. Very, very mediocre stand-up comedian. Yeah, Larry really. Miller. It's it's like a failed skit from a Curb season one thing where Larry's like, "That's not good enough." Like, why would mm-hmm. you do that? Okay, uh, Michael Colby. How about another plot line from this movie that you thought was unintriguing? Um. Uh. Shit. Now I can't remember his name. Halle Berry is a nurse for uh, Rod, Roger, Robert, Robert De Niro, Niro, who's dying and is also the father of our main antagonist. Maybe I think, Um, but oh, is is that Ashton Kutcher's dad? Wait, who's the main antagonist? Uh, the the lady who's in charge of getting the ball to drop. Oh, the pink Power Ranger. She's the one that I saw the most, so I yeah. assumed that she was the main character. Yeah, um, yeah. The pink the pink Power Ranger that wraps her body up. Uh, I think that she, I guess she's the main character. I think maybe Michelle Pfeiffer might be the main character. Uh, but yeah. So you have Holly, you have Holly Berry, who yep. is uh, who is a nurse and who likes to care for old white men. Uh, mm-hmm. Obviously, she won an Oscar for doing the same thing. And has something, has something very In important. Gothica. And she has something very important to do. Yeah. That you find out about at the very last second. And it's uh, once again, like very anticlimactic. It's like one of those things that thousands of people have to do it's it's not a it's not a thing it's a yeah. huge um, deal huge but, deal so yeah robert de niro wants to watch the ball drop live before he finally dies of random disease right he's of, just an, yeah he's, he's an old man he probably has a child mm-hmm. um and Carrie uh, always is his doctor <laughs> yeah Carrie always is his doctor which was another shocking thing i like, was oh, shocked I, every time I saw somebody else's face, I was like, what yeah. the fuck? Either, either, why are they, why are they degrading themselves to be in this movie? Or fuck, why do I have to look at this person's face? Yeah, Carrie that- Elways is one of those where I was like, why? Why, Carrie Elways? You're so much better than this type of bullshit. Yeah, Fun fact, how- oh. he's playing the same character as he does in Saw. Wait, this movie's in the Saw universe? Uh, nobody is contradicting me yet. So yeah, that's how it is. They're yeah. both do- both uh, his characters are doctors. Doctors. Don't name yep. him I, in this I movie. I absolutely oh, agree. Oh, so is this you, a prequel to so Saw you, One? Wait, wait, wait. You say fun fact and then spit out a random possible non-fact, and then because mm-hmm. none of us fight you on the fact that you said it was a fact, that now makes it a fact. No. Yes. Um, is it my turn to list a subplot? I'm no, no. I'm backing up. I'm gonna back up the fact that your fact was a fact. Thank you. Two okay. to one. All right, fair. Well, then I guess the eyes have it. It's a fact. This is in the Saw universe. All right, so my turn. Uh, obviously, you have the Pink Power Ranger who likes to box for Clint Eastwood, uh, who apparently, once they turn on a very large switch, sometimes some lights don't turn on. Mm-hmm. You know who's pissed off about it? Everybody. Uh, well, mainly Ryan Seacrest, because he looks like a goddamn fool up there, because they wouldn't do this shit to Dick Clark. <laughs> Trust his word. <laughs> no, now we have this weird thing where uh, uh, Hillary Swank is is on a mission to get the Kowalski, who is the only light fixer I think in Manhattan, who knows how to fix one of roughly five hundred and five light bulbs that need to get fixed because there's a short in here. 
The they have a union contract, man. You can't so go against fair. it. That's why we need I, to abolish unions and remove labor rights. I do like that they got the Kowalski to come in, even though that holds no relevance to anything. Uh, I okay, think my... so I didn't, I didn't miss something. I yes, Dylan, I am glossing over what you said. <laughs> um, oh wait, what did he say? I, don't, don't worry about it. it. I didn't miss anything in that he wasn't a character before he was like introduced to fix this light. Nope. Nope, there was probably okay. some cut subplot about like 15 years ago he, on New Year's Eve. He they did also, fix he, he was in Valentine's Day, but it was still a pointless. Wait, plot really? There. Yeah. They also did a thing where they could have they could have done a very fun thing where he r- had to ride the ball all the way up because <laughs> it was too late to stop it, and he would have had to come down with the ball. Yeah. He was th- he was tethered to it. There was no sort of danger. Yeah. But we have the worst cut where he's going halfway up the thing, and then the next time we see him, he's just standing on a platform. Yep. And it, that reeks of reshoot. And oh, yeah. I like, I was like, oh yeah, one fun thing could have happened in this movie, mm-hmm. and it just didn't. Yeah. Uh, also, the weirdest part, I think, about that plot line is the fact that Ludacris is, I think, the chief of police who's wearing a uniform that is aggressively too large for him, which yeah. makes me think that he's a last-minute replacement for somebody, probably a Lawrence Fishburne, uh, who's a way better actor. Uh, but it was weird to all of a sudden, you're like, hey, guys, she's important. Get her to the fucking top. And then a cop carries her to the top of some steps. Mm-hmm. And then there's that, almost that joke where, like, oh, we're all carrying people? No. No. Nice. Nice. No. He's all, and you, you could say he's playing the same character he does in Fast and Furious, and their heist was to steal the ball from New Year's Eve. <laughs> Wait, was he in One Fast, One Furious? I don't know. Some oh, of them. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I like that now recently all of our shows have to have a Fast and Furious reference. Uh, I've never seen a Fast and Furious movie. No, well, not you one. Watch, you should watch the second one because it is probably the gayest thing I've ever seen. And I Ooh. love it. No, I do I like that. It. Oh, boy. Yep. Uh, <laughs> buy, buy fast, buy curious. I am Ooh. In. <laughs> I did uh, see that one. I did yeah. see buy fast, buy fury. Buy yeah, that's the, that's that's the best one. Where yeah. it's like it's uh, Tay uh, t- Diggs, not Tay Diggs. Uh, it's a motorcycle one, right? No, no, no. Because no. they're on bikes. It's, they're bike curious. No, it's the one where oh, no. where, where Brian's no. friend bites his lip a lot. He's like, let's just wrestle for no reason. He's like, all right. Yeah, no, I was I was here. talking about. Does he bite his upper lip? That I no bottom lip. Bottom. Oh, that's not sexy. Yeah, no, he's definitely not an underbite. Uh, okay, and uh, so in that plot line also, the Hillary Swank one, uh, once the ball comes halfway down and then turns off and then half the things, they make her give a speech for some unknown reason. And her speech is, listen, guys, shit sucks sometimes. <laughs> but when shit uh-huh. sucks the most, take a time to, look, to remember the times that shit didn't suck as much. And then maybe... When shit stops, stops sucking, we can get back to what we're supposed to be doing. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I do not understand that plot thread. I think that her main goal was just to make sure that ball drops. Um, kind of ridiculous. I don't know why the chief of police was there. Uh, I don't really know any of it, but I'm glad Kowalski was there to save the day. Uh, Dylan, your turn. Uh, Sophia Vergara and uh, what's her face? Heidi Klum? No, the other one. Uh, no, uh, Catherine uh, Heigl. Yeah. Uh, her assistant want to fuck bon jovi mm-hmm. oh boy her, then, her, uh, her doesn't sophia vergara isn't she you know statuesque yeah isn't it's that also, a thing you comment on yeah it's pretty nice that sometimes she speaks in spanish and you're like that's kooky i can't understand her <laughs> uh, wacky character. yeah there is yeah. there is a point where there's 
like an Indian guy uh, yep. taking pictures of her and she's in like this big fat jacket and she's mm-hmm. jumping up and down and he's like, bouncy, bouncy, bouncy. And I'm mm-hmm. like, what the fuck are you even talking about? Yeah, I think that was her brother, possibly. It was so weird. And all that she's really doing is standing in front of a tour bus for John Bon Jovi. But she knows that she's about to work his event. So I don't mm-hmm. understand why she's so excited about the bus. But I guess she's an immigrant. So that's you gotta funny. You got to chase that clout. Cannot understand. And also, the fact that she's a sous chef for Catherine Heigl, who is trying to just cook food, I think, for the Grammys or for Bon Jovi or for Manhattan. I'm not sure who she's cooking for. All of uh, Manhattan. Yeah, all of Manhattan. It's now, a exactly. kitchen. Yes, sir. You and I have you've worked in kitchens. Like you've worked in this style of kitchen. Oh boy, have I. Gloves, hairnet or hat, any sort of chef coat, uh, exposed cleavage, all nah, good. You, that's all fine. That's if, okay. if you have if you own your own business, you can literally do whatever you want. In, in, I suppose, in, including throwing tomatoes and eggs at your staff and hoping they miss your staff and hitting a face of John Bon Jovi. Uh, all cool uh, okay. if you're a chef. So yeah, just checking. Uh, yeah, random sous chef and the fanboy of Sophia Vargas. Ver- Vargas? Whatever. Ver- Vergara. 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 Uh, yeah, that was a weird one. And I guess that just sums up fully when Sophia cooks and Heigl kisses, right? That's how that plot line yeah. wrap- wraps up. Okay. Uh, Michael Colby, you're next. I may be out of them. Um you can pass. Oh, there's plenty like. more. <laughs> I'm sure there are, yeah, but I good. watched, I finished this movie like four hours ago. Yeah. And am struggling to remember any of it. Yeah. It well, was, it was, I think Zach put it perfectly in. It feels like two hours worth of commercials that somebody put together and made a movie ish yeah. type thing out of it Um, to to me it was it was the same thing as if i had roughly 15 ideas to pitch to dylan and mm -hmm. dylan said put him on a shotgun and shoot that wall and see which one hits the bullseye but instead of taking the bullseye he takes the whole wall he's like let's just do it let's do all of it all of it Uh, okay i i I remember i don't know if it was a plot but i remember uh the pink power ranger yep um did get Chewed out by serial killer Matthew Broderick. Um, yeah. he pulls up in a limousine and says, If you don't get this ball to drop for my television station, I'm pretty sure he's the head of a television station. I'm going to do what I'm best at, and I'm going to run you over with this limousine myself. Yeah. Is what, you know what serial killer Matthew yes. Broderick said. Matthew Broderick and, killed a person with his car. Yeah, and he's like, don't think I won't. I'm Matthew Broderick. <laughs> I've uh, done it before, and I'll do it again. <laughs> Matthew Broderick looking very doughy in this movie. Oh, <laughs> yeah, puffy. real doughy, real puffy. Which is why you know that he can get away with murder. Yeah. Uh, once, once you get to a certain level of puffiness, kill people. Totally yeah. fine. Uh, well, that, that was another weird, uh, I guess that was a subplot. That's a um, yeah. They're all no, they're subplots. Fine. Well, not really. <laughs> uh, so, oh, there. I'd say there are probably two or three dom plots in here. Yeah. <laughs> Zach, it's your turn. Yeah. Okay. So the 
the one I was hoping you'd bring up is where Selim, uh, Sarah Michelle, not Sarah Michelle, Sarah Jessica Parker. I kept saying and, Sarah Michelle Gellar. I know. I wish it, it might have been a better movie. Who knows? I wish uh, it was Sarah Michelle Gellar. Sarah Jessica Parker has a daughter who's the girl from Zombieland, and damn it, she wants to be kissed by some she ruffian. Wants to kiss a boy. She wants to kiss somebody real hard. Oh uh, boy! And she was playing a fifteen-year-old in this movie, and she sure did flash her bra in the middle of like the uh, subway station. That was no training bra, just so you know. Uh, to, to Hashtag me, the, eyes on Gary Marshall. The, yeah, for real. Uh, he he went but back into dead. his. He went back to his. Uh, what's that one he did? That uh, uh, exit to Eden. Going with uh, Rosie O'Donnell, where she's a dominatrix. Anyway. Um, <laughs> Gary Marshall should have just stayed on television. I went through his movies. They're all bad. It's they're all like bad. bad after bad after he, worse after this one. Yeah, he I didn't see his last one, but well, this he one had, was... He's got like two good ones. But for me, he should have just like passed them all to his wife and be like, should I do this, Penny? And she'd be like... Fuck you, no. Because uh, that's what should have been said to this. Um, I, yeah, his wife. My I thought it was yeah. his sister. No, I think that's his wife. I think they're I married. No, his wife is someone else. I think no. Penny's his sister. And no. I thought his wife was the one who like closes the thing during the bloopers during the end credits. Oh, I have no idea. Um, but the, the, the funny thing about the, the this plot line with uh, Sarah Jessica Parker is when um, Zombieland Girl, when her friends are like, ooh, you're going to kiss a boy tonight. Do you even know how to? Because there's a video on the internet that shows you how to kiss. And then a girl's like, actually, there's two. One had a kiss normal and one had a kiss crazy. I forget what the second one was. Nasty? I forget what it was. But the idea to think that one of her friends was Googling how to kiss on YouTube and was like, oh, okay, that's how you do it. That's how you get the, the rougher kisses, uh, which is stupid. And I think that that plot line wraps up with Sarah Jessica Parker seeing that scumbag kiss another girl just because he wants to kiss somebody, which is odd because her daughter just wanted to kiss somebody. It didn't really matter. A different girl kisses him without him without his consent. Either way, she That's saw that what kiss. he tells her at the end, but she saw them her. kissing. It looks pretty consensual. All right, Dylan Terry, you're next. Uh, Sarah Jessica Parker has bad taste in shoes. <laughs> she keeps wearing so, clogs, but I didn't yeah. think they were clogs. Weren't they like so, those little boots that people wear nowadays? Fun fact, that's the same character she plays in almost all of her movies outside of Sex in the City, where she does have good shoe taste. Uh, but yeah, I'll accept that as a, as a plot line. Michael Colby, I'm trying to think of a movie I've seen her in that's not Sex in the City 2. Mars Attacks 1. Go ahead, oh, Michael yeah. <laughs> Barbara Barbara Marshall was Gary's wife. And yeah, she it... is the lady who clicks the clacker at the end. Oh, um, sick. Yeah, very interesting fun fact. Okay, yeah. we're we're running. I feel like there was something else going on in the hospital oh, besides De Niro dying and these two women having babies ass to ass. Um, but yeah, I was... am hard pressed to think of what it was. No, oh, I agree. I thought there was something an... else. There's another one with Sarah Jessica Parker. What's I... that? It's uh, turns out she's the woman that Josh Duhamel failed to kill one year yep. previously. And that was her plan that she won't tell anybody what she's doing, mm -hmm. even though she really has no plans because she's going to ditch Josh Duhamel to hang out with her daughter who ditched her to hang out with a ruffian. So oh. that's, that's pretty cool. Circles within um, circles. <laughs> I tell you, this movie is well written. It's uh, George my, Lucas to shame. Michael Colby, you have another plot thread in this movie. 
We're, we're missing the uh, big one. We're missing the big one. Are we missing the big oh, one? Oh, the biggest one ever. I'm just trying to think of cameos um, instead of plot well, lines. If you, because think about I, the, if you think about the intro to this show. I I forgot that as well. Um, so the to me, the biggest, weirdest plot thread that's in this movie is Michelle Pfeiffer quitting her job as a oh, Grammy yeah. as a Grammy person because oh, yeah. she wants she wants more money for a bonus that she did not know how much she was getting although she requested time off that her boss did not know that she got oh so, and you got John Lithgow to be your boss in this sure movie just, and it is the most, it is the most like subdued John Lithgow yeah. you've ever seen and it's, it's all- like it's also you are in from- one scene of this movie. If there was ever a time to John Lithgow that scene, this is it. You could yeah. have put something into this movie, but I As- guess this movie sucked life out of everybody who was in it. Yeah, especially when you think that his whole role is I'm a very cheap person who works at a very expensive company and I'm choosing to not give you money or talk to you to play Angry Birds instead. He does nothing with that character, which is nothing. crazy because he is such a great actor. And if you would say, but, oh, John Lithgow's in that, like, all right, I'll watch it just because yeah. of John Lithgow. Not this movie. Uh, so she hires Zach Efron, who is a real horned up bike messenger. <laughs> and, yeah, bro. And, oh, bro. <laughs> What's up, lady? I, I think he was playing his character from that DJ movie um, where he was the DJ. What oh, is, is that movie? Is it, the, is it the Matthew McConaughey one? The Wii I have no next? idea. I, um, neighbor, he was a DJ na- and there was a lot of sex in it. Oh. <laughs> oh. Uh, uh, but I think this is the prequel to the DJ. Thing. I think you're I thinking think of DJ Qualls in Eurotrip. Um, so, yeah, so Zach F. DJ Qualls a... was very horny in Eurotrip. Oh, boy. Yeah, everybody in Eurotrip is horny. That's true, especially brother sister. Um, so <laughs> he hires she hires Zach Efron to he hires she hires him for the full day, and she goes, "I hired you, and I need you to complete this aggressively impossible list. And if you do that, I'll give you three tickets to the Grammys or something or the the dropping of the ball. It's I forget ball exactly. Drop right? It's like a party. I, I don't know. It was something else. Yeah, I, I thought I don't think they the sell Grammys. tickets to the ball drop. That's in Times Square. Yeah, you can just go to that thing, I think, if you want to fight people and get stabbed by needles. Yeah. Um, so Zach Efron now has to provide Michelle Pfeiffer with roughly 20 amazing experiences that are all in itself life-changing. And if he does this by the end of the night, he gets to watch the ball drop or go to the Grammys or kiss Bon Jovi. Or have sex with somebody. Um, he now, does. John Lithgow does say it's Grammy season. And yeah, that, is that's that, what I thought. Is that does that happen on the same night as New Year's? Uh, Grammys are in like Feb February. Either way, whatever two weeks she took off, that's when the Grammys are. Uh, yeah. Now that now that plot line resolves itself after she overhears Zac Efron calling her pathetic, to which he rents out Radio City Music Hall to let her fly in the air so that she can say she's sorry and then they can almost kiss at the end and she's like you're older than me and he's like Monker. Uh, that's, that's so the yeah. opposite of what she said oh yeah I'm older she than said, you yeah I'm yeah. twice your age <laughs> for some reason I was thinking back to the flying part I was like I'm pretty sure that's what she said but yeah he's like, yeah, I'm, I could be twice your age and he's like 
So, and uh, yeah, so that that's how that goes. Um, are we missing? Are we missing any plot plot lines? I feel like there's a Belushi in here. Uh, <laughs> he's just the building manager. Yeah. Oh, he's, yeah. He's nothing. He's just a cameo. I he's mean, just, he's, he's just, never anything in anything that he's in. But he was yeah. almost. He was Mr. Destiny, kind of. Michael Caine <laughs> yeah. was Mr. Destiny, but he was in Mr. Destiny. Damn it. Yeah, that's true. Um, mm-hmm. Okay, so from from what you guys can gather, why is Ashton Kutcher so upset? Girl broke his heart in college on New Year's Eve, and he hasn't gotten over it. Well, then why was he planning a huge party for New Year's Eve? Or were he those the decorations up from the last year? The decorations were in the hallway from someone in the building who liked New Year's Eve? Because Ashton Kutcher's like, building rules say you can't decorate the hallway. Oh, so when he was going on ripping everything down, that wasn't his place? No, that was the hallway on the way to the yeah, elevator. No, he's just always hated New Year's. Okay, that's fair. And I'm guessing that the the girl from Glee lives in that building and was running yeah. late to be the backup singer for Bon Jovi. She was, yes, she, she was, was new in the building. Oh, 5B, right, because that cute little drawing. Um, now, cute ha- now, ha- that, now, that yeah. plot line, that wraps up by her singing and then mm-hmm. Ashton Kutcher telling her that he sees her because he's mm-hmm. obviously there. And then she mm-hmm. tells him that he's late. And, uh, and, and then he tells her that she is leaving and she's singing the most public domain of all public domain songs. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, and then I guess what we else, uh, the things that we have to wrap up is uh, the, 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 the pregnancy, uh, the, the fetal race, if you will. Um, now, Baby Dylan, Dylan, how does the fetal race uh, end up? Uh they have one of them has a baby at 1204 and one of them has a baby at 1205 and somehow the hospital doesn't have any sort of liability issue with encouraging people to induce their pregnancies yeah in like a race during a I, really busy time i also like, like when, i also like when hugo stiglitz is like so i guess you're eating a bunch of yams because yams make babies come out faster and they go yeah. of course and he's I'm like cramming yams. i'm just kidding yams make you sick or <laughs> something stupid oh, i was I was also, there was another like mid nineties joke that didn't make any sense was when she was putting the anchovy in her mouth and it was so <laughs> disgusting. Oh, it's so anchovies. funny when people don't like food. Anchovies. Yeah. It's like, it's like anchovies. Like, Oh, sushi is so gross, yeah. dude. Ew. How could you eat raw fish? It's like, how yeah. could you put anchovies on your pizza? Anchovies it's, is a funny word. It's like three years before people could not pronounce quinoa in movies. Yeah. What is this, quinoa? Shut up. Yeah. Uh, like, what, you for, well, we also forgot to mention what I thought was probably the weirdest joke uh, that I think got way too much attention. And that's when a radio host stops Hillary Swank and is like, can I, can I get a statement? Now she's the production manager of the ball dropping. Yep. I can't imagine anyone stopping the production manager of the ball dropping. Like, can I get a statement? Yeah. It's going to fucking drop pal. Like what else? Was it? <laughs> yeah. And then, it's not a and, statement. It's a sound bite. Like, and, yeah, and then, a shit. and then she looks in two different ways yeah. and says, which camera am I supposed to look in? There's no fucking cameras there. Am I correct? Because it's a radio show. There, there, there are zero no cameras. cameras. She knows she's says. in a movie, but she has to play. She has to play dumb, or else she knows that she'll get written out. And the the tech, the tech that was with this guy, I've never seen anyone so concentrated <laughs> on one 
knob. He was twisting one knob. His hand never moved. And he's just staring at it through this whole entire scene. And it's like, I have done sound mixing. First of all, it's much more complicated than that. And second of all, you don't have to twist the knobs every like three and a half seconds. (laughs) Uh, It it was, it's, it's, it's like when, it's like when somebody who has no idea how to play guitar is in a movie and they just have them like a drunk, a drunk, a drunk, a drunk. And then they like <laughs> dub in. The, it's like, just get somebody who knows what they're doing to do that thing. It's not, you're not, this guy was not an actor. You could have gotten somebody who actually does tech for like mobile radio yeah. to, to just cameo. do that thing. Could have gotten a cameo. He could have got Christian Slater. He was at least in a radio (laughs) movie back in the 80s. Like, he knows how to twist knobs. Uh, Dylan, do you have any bad reviews on this movie? Because they are are easy to find. And if you're searching, searching, I'll I'll throw one at you real fast. I'm going to see if I can find some good ones. Yeah, there's some really good ones on this. Uh, I found Mm -hmm. one that's by our our friend, Mr. Ebert. and let's see, where did I find that? Uh, so Robert Ebert, Roger Ebert, Robert, Roger Ebert <laughs> of the Chicago Sun-Times says, New Year's Eve is a dreary plod through the sands of time until finally the last grain is trickled through the hourglass of cinematic sludge. How is it possible to assemble more than two dozen stars in a movie and find nothing interesting for any of them to do? Uh, Kimberly Jones of the Austin Chronicle says, mostly New Year's Eve is appalling, <laughs> is appalling. Uh, it's stuffed and it's a poorly constructed sentimental sham, which I thought that was great. The, the idea of a sentimental sham is really funny. Uh, I found the worst film of all time. And it's called New Year's Eve. Uh, that's what somebody said from BBC. Uh, and uh, somebody else said, uh, Director Gary Marshall follows up last year's Valentine's Day rom-com crap fest with an even more puke upable sample uh, <laughs> sample of a film species, um, which I think is really funny. Um, there's some really there's some really funny ones. Go ahead. Half star. They're all in different movies. I don't know what's going on. Leah Michelle should be fined. <laughs> Half Wait, star. What, what is she fined for? Hiding. I don't know. She was stuck in an elevator. All right, good. Uh, uh, her her acting wasn't bad. I will say I do <laughs> like her voice though. Like I don't mind yeah. when she's I singing. She, I think she overdoes it, but that's just me. Well, yeah, she she is like a Broadway actor, so yeah, she, yeah, she's guess. nonstop hamming. Uh, go ahead. Uh, half star. Dog shit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, half star. What in the absolute fuck? Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going through letterbox. These are all great. Uh, yeah, let's they're, see. they're amazing. Yeah. Half star. Do you think De Niro remembers being in this? Nope. No, absolutely not. No. He, no. he did all of his scenes in like an afternoon. Oh, yeah. And Under, he, they're actually in his bed. They had to come yeah. to his house and <laughs> yeah. put a step yeah, around absolutely. him. Absolutely. <laughs> Underappreciated and overlooked holiday extravaganza. This difficult to edit movie with so many storylines successfully manages to combine various multitudes of characters with relevant, understandable storylines into a delightful and meaning holiday going experience. Nine out of ten. Oof. Yeah, my mom does like this movie. That's fair. <laughs> Half star. Uh, You'll never be love actually. Just stop it. 
Yeah, that's, that, that's absolutely what it was trying yep, to be. Hundred percent. This feels like they were trying to recreate Love Actually <laughs> with like a newer audience, but it Oof. failed. It fa- like it was. It's just a failure on every level. Yeah, I agree. I don't know uh, what this person is talking about because nothing made any sense in this. Movie. I mean, this is hard to edit because you're it like, is how hard do, to how edit. Do I edit fifteen movies? How, yeah, do I, they, how do I edit fifteen commercials into a yeah. full length feature? Oh, put Ryan Seacrest in it. All right. Here's a fun idea. In a 2022 remake of this, who would be the big list of celebrities that get in this? Well, Gal Gadot, she'd be pregnant. That's 100% true. Okay. Uh, she, Gal Gadot is the is the, the Jessica Biel character. Yeah. Um, okay. Jason Sudeikis is her husband. Yep. That's, yep. Uh, probably that's probably Jack, Jack Black is probably the other husband because you need a different yeah. goofball to just do something weird. Um, now it's, Billy it's, Kravitz is his wife for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because they right. love to put like beautiful women with like schlubby guys. schlubs, yeah, especially in the early 2010s. Um, so Michelle Pfeiffer's character would probably be, um, it's probably like Helen Mirren, right? It has to be an old, like a, a relatively older, distinguished, like celebrated actor. See, I was gonna go more like um, Rene Russo, where like they're oh. still like attractive. Not that Helen Mirren's not attractive because she is slamble to nice backpedaling or uh, well no because i was trying to think of like <laughs> people think it's like you know a, like a, a someone who would be two times as yes. old as zach efron or we can go um marissa tomei oh that, that's even better yeah so we have marissa, so who would be the zach efron of this movie zach efron uh, probably what's his face hmm. the kid who plays spider-man Toby McGuire, andrew garfield yeah, Andrew Garfield. Andrew Garfield would be in it, but sure. he would be the Jim Belushi role. Um, yeah. No, no, they, no, Andrew, and, Andrew Johnson? Andrew Jackson? The, Andrew uh, Jackson. The, the yeah. yeah, Andrew Not Jackson. Not anymore. <laughs> a- Andrew Jacksman. What the fuck is that kid's name? Hugh. Tommy Holland. Tommy Holland. Tommy Holland. Yeah. Oh, Tommy Holly. Oh, Tom Tommy Holliday's. Tommy Holliday. Yeah, Tommy Hollandaise sauce. Um, yeah, he would. Yeah, that that makes sense. He is like the upcoming young actor. Yeah. Um, now, as far as the Ashton Kutcher role, what you need for that is a mid thirties kind of uh, what a little bit sleazy uh, but likable, sh- sh- a handsome schlub, Johnny yeah. Knoxville. Nope. No. No. Uh, man, are we really that low on like mid thirties hunks? I was gonna actually say Zach Efron for this one, just sure. to get that, just to get that callback because he let's, is, yeah, he's hunky. Zach. He's, he's still, he is still dude, looking good. Yeah, Seriously, I, I will say Zach Efron is the most charismatic person in this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I, I like... think he knows what he's supposed to do, and he doesn't do, and he never tries to give it any depth. He's like, yeah, he's I'm also... a pro. I love New Year's Eve. Yeah. I'm gonna have sex with Michelle Pfeiffer unless let's I see a black person, and then I say. Yo, what's up, my man? What's up, my boot? What's up, my, my dupes? Like, it was okay up. in 2011. Yeah, yeah. That's fair. Zac that's Efron fair. is good in a lot of things. Yeah, I, 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 I do like Zac Efron. Yeah. Uh, Get, uh, who's in that Ted, uh, the, the, the serial killer? John movie. Boyega? Not the serial killer, but he would be good in, this, in a remake of this. <laughs> I agree. Doing his uh, actual Boyega accent the... so people can be like, why did they give John Boyega British accent? Huh, yeah. what a strange character choice. For I, think they, I think they would probably, I think they'd probably get a man to take over the Hillary Swank role just for the comedic thing of talking about dropping balls, uh, messing mm. that up. And I would assume that that could be an easy Martin switch. Star. <laughs> Who's Martin Starr? 
He's the high school. T- he's in Silicon uh, oh, yep. Silicon yeah. Valley. He's yeah, in he's... Silicon Angels. Yeah. Silicon... <laughs> I was gonna I say wish. Silicon Alley, and I'm like, that's not right. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. He's also in Spider-Man's. And yeah, Hulk. he's a high school teacher. Um, yeah. So I think this movie could be easily recast and still be uh, aggressively disappointing. And, yeah, and it could be easily recast. You could put you could put you a put bunch of people anybody. in 2022 in here, yep. and it would still be horrible. Yeah, I agree. You could have uh, like even in this movie, say like at some point there's like a Tom Cruise cameo or a cameo of like a mega star. It would still be like, what are you doing? What is this movie? And I just I don't understand it. And I really apologize to you guys as and my then, friends. Uh, we are asking you we this. are going to need um who else so who's going to need somebody in the Matthew Broderick role so we're going to need to find somebody who uh killed somebody with his car um, um what's his name from uh uh ghost um Zach Baggins from Ghost No Adventures? no no Zach that samurai movie the one with the wonky eye Oh, go, go, ghost! Uh, old, old dog, ghost old dog, dog. ghost. Yeah, ghost something dog like that. Jim with, Belushi, uh, not Jim no. Belushi. <laughs> He's already no. in this movie. No, the guy who the guy who is uh, the 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 referee at the Wakanda fights. Yes, yes. Uh, uh, he killed somebody with his car. Whitaker, Forrest Whitaker, Andy Serkis. Yes. Oh, he did kill somebody with his car. So Andy Serkis has him the cap for the ball. Yeah, Andy Serkis as the New Year's Eve ball. Um, <laughs> and he, he gets nominated for an Oscar again. But we have a, we have a CGI character. recreated Dick Clark to play Ryan Seacrest's character, <laughs> a uh, whose corpse yeah. of Dick Clark on marionette they, strings. They do the Grand Moff Tarkin of uh of Dick Clark, <laughs> and they have like his grandson play. It. They can uh, they can weekend at Bernie's mm-hmm. Dick Clark with uh Ryan Seacrest and. Matthew Broderick. <laughs> yeah. Apparently Caitlyn Jenner has also killed someone. Yes. Caitlyn Jenner did also kill somebody that no. I, I think that's better. I think that's better than Forrest Whitaker <laughs> um, as the uh, serial killer uh, who runs a network. So let's do that. But we and should also do get a Forrest long Whitaker. turfy diatribe. Yeah. We can also get Forrest Whitaker. We, I mean, we're making this, we're remaking this terrible movie, so it may as well be with terrible people. Bill O'Reilly um, cameo as the property what, manager. What about an Alec Baldwin cameo as the, uh, John, as a John Lithgow? What? Oh, okay. I thought you were going in a too soon direction. Yeah. <laughs> he did just kill somebody. Yeah, no, that's why I was using him. Okay. Oh, okay. We're making, oh, so we are we're just casting this with... exclusively with murderers just, and murderers. Yeah, that would make it almost like interesting where you go like, well, what are they doing? <laughs> Why is there 15 plots with all actual murderers? And they're People just trying to you're like, wait a minute. And they're I just also to like this. Drop. People who got away with murder <laughs> just because they're famous. Wait, OJ Simpson would be in. Snoop Dogg. Yeah. Uh, also, I guess Venus Williams murdered someone? What? Cool. Hell yeah. Yeah. She sliced someone up with a racket like Resident Evil. Dude, she is so cool. <laughs> Venus Williams rules. <laughs> Dude, she <laughs> Yeah. Like, it's like I, don't mind. I wouldn't mind if Venus Williams Gillian? killed somebody. I would still be like, hell yeah. Yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> Do it again. <laughs> Just kill me this time. Kill Matthew Broderick. <laughs> hell yeah. yeah. Kill white celebrities that have murdered somebody. I guess that'll be one of the Dom plots for this new remake. <laughs> was, that, was, that a, was that a Don King joke? Because no. he also murdered someone. No, I'm making a play on the word dominatrix and so oh, Dom. Gotcha. Yeah. Dom. 
yeah, Southern Dons. I don't enunciate very well, despite the fact that I've been podcasting for a year and a half. I know. I was trying to. <laughs> I was trying to ignore that uh, comment that Dylan made earlier. I'm going to point it out before people seen, acknowledge it. Have you guys seen the Rosie O'Donnell movie that that Gary Marshall directed, where she's an actual dominatrix riding on the bus with my sister? No, that is a movie about jeans, and you know that. <laughs> Sisterhood of I, the Traveling Pants. Yep. And they travel. No, it's called East of Eden, I think, or Exit to Eden. It's not East of Eden. <laughs> East West of Eden? Of Eden? Is, uh, I don't care. Exit to Eden? Exit Eden. Maybe that's it. East of Eden is a John Steinbeck novel. <laughs> is, Rose, is Rosie O'Donnell in it? I'm pretty sure she's not. I don't think there's a dominatrix in there either. Oh, all right. So what you're saying is we're done talking about this movie. Which we are is done talking. Yeah, no, we're done. Well, let's get to reels. Yeah, because honestly, uh, you know, it's been five hours since I finished this movie at this point. And uh, can anyone start a sentence with the words it's been and you not hear that song? Am I the only human in the world that whenever someone's like, it's been, I'm like, yes, man, man, man. we all know (laughs) my entire life, dude, my entire life. It's the same as nobody can say my wife anymore without Mm -hmm. my wife, my wife. Take her, please. (laughs) This is my wife. Oh, okay. I hate hate that. Okay, so uh, reels. Now, I'm going to go first because I chose this absolute garbage fire. Um, Okay, one quick question. Uh, The next movie is called Mommy's Day, Mother's Day, and it comes out, I think, four years after this. What do you think that movie's about? Now, granted, Jessica Biel and Sarah Paulson have babies in this movie, which would make me think that they're probably in it. Mm -hmm. Uh, But you need 15 more plot threads. So I'm going to ask you guys real quick, to throw out some <laughs> random plot threads into a movie that is aggressively stuffed just so we can watch Sarah uh, Jessica Biel look at a baby. Sarah Jessica Biel? Sarah cool. Jessica Biel. Yeah. I'm into it. It's a new um, time. Ashton Kutcher has a YouTube channel where he <laughs> plays pranks on people. Um, and uh, yeah, he's he also he's he's been like He's man. He's been demonetized <laughs> because he went into the suicide forest and like filmed uh, like an oh. actual dead person. Then he like tries to fight celebrities. Yeah, so he's okay. he's trying to build his reputation back up. So Ashton Kutcher cool. turns into a Jake Paul like uh, mm-hmm. uh, uh, antagonist. Start, he okay. starts off as an as an Ashton Kutcher type, but on yeah. YouTube turns into a Jake Paul type, and then, okay. um, but nobody's still forgiving him. Everybody still hates him. All right, Dylan, give me a random plot thread with some of these actors in it. Ben Stiller overcooked the pasta and doesn't want anyone to find out. What hijinks ensue? What does he get angry and probably oh, use a weird but, accent? But it's not like it's not like he overcooks it's like it to the point. It's not where he overcooks it to the point where it's kind of mushy. He overcooks it to the point where it dissolves like before it's on people's plates, and he's like. I ruined the baby shower. We can't throw spaghetti at the mom if it's falling apart in our hands. What are we going to do? All the right. grocery store's closed on, on Mother's Day here. Mommy's Day. And then <laughs> and then he goes into the bathroom uh, to cry, and then he goes to the bathroom, and then when he zips up, he gets his He gets a spaghetti in his zipper. Yeah, yeah, the whole spaghetti and meatballs get stuck in the zipper. <laughs> All right, I'm going to throw two at you real fast. One okay. is Robert De Niro has passed in between this movie and the next movie. I would then, hope so. Did he not they, pass at the end of this movie? I don't think so. Maybe out of excitement. Okay. He loves watching balls drop. Uh, but they have to go find Holly Berry to find out his last will and testament. Turns out it's a, like a secret document on how to steal the Declaration of Independence. Uh, the second one I was going to say is one of 
Now this one's gonna be dark, just for you guys, <laughs> right? Just so I love know, it. This, Do it. This is a Michael Colby one. We're recording this it. ahead of Do time, it. so we can edit this out if it's too dark. So absolutely not. <laughs> Sarah Paulson, her child died. Now for Mother's Day, she needs to have a heist mission to get her baby back that she thinks Jessica Biel stole and swapped in the hospital. Cool. So, or uh, can we? Can I? Or, or sharing babies? Or Jessica? Or Sarah Paulson's baby died, um, and it's put her into a depression that she can't get out of. So the people who own a advertising company with her um, hire these actors to play death, um, time, and love <laughs> to try to trick her into selling off her um, portion of the of the thing, and Oof. then she gets back together with jason sudeikis yeah at the end yeah i'm definitely into that uh you got one dylan uh will smith oh someone's in the bathroom he just shits his pants it wasn't me i don't know why oh man i couldn't hold it together will smith (laughs) defecates on himself and he can't get ben stiller stuck in there in the trilogy (laughs) wrap-up to mommy's day um (laughs) <laughs> oh gosh i was gonna okay how about this one uh so katherine heigl john bon jovi are now married they need to have a baby but katherine heigl doesn't want to lose her figure because why should women so what they do is they they adopt a whole bunch of kids and then the world turns against bon jovi for being too woke of an artist cool yeah uh, okay no okay well, we got I, we need we need six more plot lines. I oh, just God. I just don't want Bon Jovi to be in this. This is a one. sequel bon, to this movie. He no, has bon Jovi is a character played by Sammy Hagar. Ooh, that's not uh, bad. That's... And guess what? He hates Bon Jovi's uh, character mm-hmm. because he's doing only covers of Hagar as yeah, Bon Jovi's he's band, the who only yeah, rips yeah. off the boss music. Because uh, I think that's all Jersey stuff. Yeah. Uh, all right. Where is this set? Okay. So. Uh, oh, I have one Eve. more. Oh, go ahead. Uh, a struggling writer is writing a script about a holiday rom-com called Mother's Day, and they start to realize that the script they wrote has some very eerie similarities to what's going on at the party. He looks at Will Smith, and he's like, huh, I remember that writing that Will Smith shit his pants. That guy just shit himself. Yeah. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. And he like flips through the script, and on the cover of the script, it says Mother's Day, directed by Gary Marshall, oh. in parentheses, D-I-C, which means deceased. Um, it's misspelled. <laughs> um which is intentional wow what, uh, what and then it gets it gets plot. this really trippy meta plot where the yeah. they start like realizing that they're a character in a subplot and then they break out of the movie and murder the director yeah i like that um what if <laughs> uh john lithgow knowing that the grammys are going right down the the, the shitter uh he turns the grammys into i literally just lost that thought oh my god dude that was too John bad. Lithgow poops his pants at the Grammys. <laughs> what if Seth Green is in Mother's Day and he gets locked in a bathroom with one of the hot girls and then they find out that they actually have a lot in common and then they start like making out and then they get mm. um I actually I that's the only part of that movie that I remember. Then it turns out Seth Green is her son. Yeah. Oh. Whoa, Mother's so, Day indeed. It's Catherine Heigl so, and <laughs> Sophia Sophia Vergara. She actually 
kidnaps Bon Jovi because she's in love with him so much, has a pseudo Gerald's game uh, action set piece going on where she's handcuffed on top of a dead John Bon Jovi, still having sex with him while going through rigor mortis. Catherine Heigl yeah. has to turn into Mrs. Smith and James Bond herself into there to get uh, the, the – Oh God! I don't want to. John Bon Jovi. I don't want to finish this. I don't want to finish this. I was gonna say, is Catherine Heigl also? I was. I was gonna say semen, so she could have a baby. (laughs) Oh, Oh, I thought because it's it's Mother's Day. I thought she was gonna be a. I thought she was gonna be a. She has to jerk off a dead guy. I thought she was gonna be a necromancer from under Sophia Varg. It turns out there's no more in there, so she has to scoop it out of Sophia. Oh God! Turkey baster. Yes, and then scoop it out. Yeah, just scoop it, like with their hands, just scoop it. And then it turns out that that baby, it's a Siamese baby. But they, they, they give one for adoption, but they don't separate them. So they what? have to build a separate wall with a hole in it where the babies stay on opposite sides of the wall uh, with different families in there. What if what if when Catherine Heigl scoops John Bon Jovi's mm-hmm. semen out yeah. of Sofia Vergara... Yeah. Um, it it turns out that they both are into it and oh. they end up, you know, Scooping. getting together and then they keep the baby, the conjoined mm. baby. We, we call don't that a meat say cute. Siamese anymore. <laughs> the conjoined baby. The meat cute when they're scooping the stuff. They, oh, I thought uh, said meat. I thought said meat keep, and that's nasty. that is the meatest. That is the least <laughs> cute meat I've ever heard. That's the meatest cute I've ever heard of. Seriously, mommy, but these these mommies, cutes are good. Mommies, how did you meet yeah. each other? Oh, I know you told oh, us before. <laughs> yeah. I know you told uh, us every Mommy year, Vigara, but you tell us again. Mommy Vergara was um, having sex with the corpse of John Bon Jovi, but, and I but, swung in on a zip line, and then when I scooped it out, we were like, "All right." Yeah, but it's but it's Sophia uh, Vergara that has to tell the story, and because of her broken English, it just kind of turns into the reverse of the stuffing of a turkey. Um, oh, so funny that she has an accent. Hysterical. Right? It's funny. Yeah. It's funny. Again, another very mid '90s mm-hmm. joke. Like I don't know when this movie was written, but it feels like a 1995 to 1997 movie. Well, I, I would assume it was written in 2010, since the first one came out I... in 2010 and this one came out in 2011. Yeah, but I don't think it was. I think they were written in the 90s and everybody was like, but no, keep in mind, and then love did... actually happened. And then yeah, they're like, like well, oh, shit. maybe. Yeah, let's not have uh, Cusack in it, but let's do the same thing. Uh, all right, we have talked about this movie way too long. So let's get to, re- uh, to reels and then how you can hear us later on. And I'm pretty sure Dylan has a special, some kind of, you, you said at the beginning, uh, give me uh, time at the end for a special announcement. Uh, I just wanted to. Yes. I just want to wrap that back up and, and get get back to that. Um, okay, so Dylan, Dylan's going to have a special <laughs> announcement, uh, and we're going to get to say that to the end, though. No, this is the end. I, I after reels and plugs and everything. Oh, okay. Michael Colby, reels and plugs. There were three uh-huh. movies that we watched for this show that I liked less than I liked this one. Mm-hmm. Um. I don't know exactly. I know I gave two of them zeros and I think I gave one of them a two. So I'm going to give this one a three, the same as what I gave quiet place, which I liked about equal 
that to is, this. That is and ridiculous. it wasn't because of the movie. It was because of the horrible, horrible acting of a lot of these extras really, yep. really was doing it for me for some reason. There, there is not a story in this movie. Watch so... the first 30 minutes of these of this movie to watch these extras try very hard and fail. You don't have to watch the Hollywood A-list celebrities try not and fail, but do watch these extras in the first half hour of this movie. Um, so I'm going to give it a three for the three extras that I liked in the beginning 30 minutes of this movie. Yeah, I think that you guys are... I think you're being very generous. <laughs> I am easily going to give this movie one out of ten. Because... There are so many things this movie is asking you to remember because every 45 minutes they put a character back in it. You're like, oh yeah, I forgot that Josh Dumas is doing something. Oh yeah, I forgot that any Holly Berry's in this movie is so patronizing and so pointless that it feels like the emoji movie with humans in it. It is so ridiculous how this movie is plotless, threadless, and they think just because people show up at the same place at the end. That's a conclusion. And I disagree. I'm going to go back to earlier what I said about this being a bunch of plots thrown into a shotgun and then just shot out and they took every single thing in that order. Like, oh, yeah, yeah I guess we'll just go back to this thing. Uh, so, yeah, this I do not like Forrest Gump. <laughs> I, do, <laughs> I do not like a lot of movies we went over on this. This movie I felt was just patronizing and annoying. So yeah, one out of ten reels. Uh, it, it almost were, cannot get worse than this. You weren't on that Will Smith, Chris Harvey's number three, were oh, you? No, because that oh, was Collateral Beauty. That was way <laughs> yeah. fucking worse. Now, than good I good did, things I, come when your kids die of horrific illnesses. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, yeah, it was way worse than this. I did watch that movie, and I agree. But there's something like especially eerie about how this movie throws celebrity faces in my face and it's like you need to know this is a good movie and i'm like but there's not a movie here it's like three different friends episodes crammed together and you're like i don't care what any of these white people are doing like i don't care what any of this shit is uh so yeah uh one out of ten um and yeah that's all i got now dylan terry reels and special announcement one star because uh, giving it i don't know can i give it zero I've given two things zeros, so yeah, I'm, you can give I, it a zero. Not rated. I'm not going to rate this because this <laughs> movie is just, it's, it is cellulose in your shredded cheese. It is a non, it is a non presence. If you want a comfort movie, and I understand if you want a, like a movie set in a holiday, it's a rom-com with a bunch of characters, watch a love actually. I don't know. Shit, this movie's garbage. This movie is really, really bad. I don't have visceral negative re opinions or reactions very very often, but I was watching this, and it got to a point <coughs> where it felt to me like, man, this is feeling really third-acty. This is feeling like it's really close to the end, and I look, and there's another fucking hour left, mm -hmm. and I'm just sitting there, and I'm like, yeah. man, I wonder if that evacuation notice is going to come through. Yeah! <laughs> Uh, no, so this movie's bad. Um, yep. So it not only does it get a zero rating, it gets a full do not recommend from me. Like, Ooh. not worth your time. 
Classic oh, DNR. It's not worth your time. Get no, this, this movie DNR. is definitely DNR. <laughs> Do yep. not resuscitate this movie. Do not review it. Uh, um, I agree. All right, now how about for the special announcement that you've been waiting well over 60 episodes to say? Yes, I'm going to give that at the very, very end of the episode. We should do our plugs first. <laughs> Have we done our plugs yet? I don't no. know. Oh, no, we haven't done our plugs. You know yeah. we haven't done plugs, don't. Why even ask? I haven't been paying attention. Yeah. Uh, you can uh, okay, me. so my... my that's, oh, good. That's very much like me watching this movie. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I was, for my plugs, I was going to go Steve Carell. Sure. You want to plug Steve Carell too? No, just his plugs. Oh, okay. his hair plugs from uh, season one of The Office. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. All right, go no, ahead. listen, listen to all the some nobody stuff. Silicon Angels yep. talking upstream. We're bringing Twitch and upstream back. We got some nude projects in the burner. Uh, nude projects? You know it. All um, right. Yeah. Finally, you took my suggestion. You're involved. Um, I know. So yeah, Silicon Angels will be recorded 100 percent the nude. <laughs> I'm. I've been waiting to do a nude thing with you guys for a while. So yeah, I know. I'm very excited. You gotta subscribe to the Patreon. <laughs> we have our nude hangout every month for the hundred dollar donors. Yeah. Uh yeah, listen to some nobody stuff. It's good. We do good stuff. Zach's great at editing and putting all the shit I put on paper into things that sound nice to listen to. Uh and find me at Vorpal Words on everything. Uh that's all I got. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Michael Colby. <laughs> Um, you can find me on uh, Generation Clash, a movie podcast. We're not a movie podcast. This is a movie podcast. That's a music podcast um, where me and my kid talk about different bands that we like and we're trying to get each other to like. Sometimes it doesn't work out very well. Um, you can find me on I Love This Terrible Game, which is a video game show where we talk about video games. And then you can find me on Jack Billings Presents Haunted Apartment Complex on the Pod Moth Network. Um, we also have a Patreon where you can listen to right now. You can listen to our unedited episodes. If you subscribe to the Patreon, we have some Patreon only content coming. Um, and we're also I'm also working on a comic book um, for Patreon subscribers. Uh, so. It, there's going to be a lot of really weird stuff. Patreon.com backslash Jack Billings. Love it. Uh, other than the things that uh, Dylan has mentioned earlier, <laughs> you can find me on uh, one of the most amazing shows to come out of our uh, Northern friends. You can find uh, most of Phil Better's stuff uh, on all of the things that he does. Uh, but the thing is, he's got one new show and it's called uh, Canadian Bacon Soda. And it is where <laughs> he just finds a bunch of weird sodas and just hangs out in the kitchen with them and just makes you feel part of the family. So you can check out Phil Better at Canadian Bacon. Uh, and you can check out me everywhere that Dylan says. And now for Dylan's super special. Yes. End of the show. Yes. Now, I had originally told Zach <laughs> that I had an announcement. I remember that. Uh, on our last episode. Yeah, I mentioned and, the last episode, too. Yes. And I said that I wasn't going to officially say it hmm. until our final one well it's been one week since you looked at me you cocked your head to the side said i'm angry deal with this lady for four tickets vip party i don't know what her deal is man she's just like a couple sandwiches short of a picnic you know like a little bit pathetic in a like a cute way so dude please 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 call me back bro i need you i need my wing man at this party hit me back bro and now for something completely different. Empathetic. 
do.